Welcome back to Strip Down. Super excited to have this amazing woman and mama on my podcast. She was on almost, I want to say a year ago um, now talking um, just, you know, about birth and after birth and postpartum and, you know, what that all looks like. And it was a very, I would say, kind of a a basic um, dive into, you know, what that looks like. And I wanted to have her back on today to remind you guys, she's Dr. Elizabeth Berlin. She's a clinical psychologist specializing in pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. She offers private counseling for women individually, as well as partners and as group therapy, you know, for different issues, anxiousness, emotional fluctuations through pregnancy, postpartum blues, depression, and honestly, anything that arises in between as becoming new parents. She also created the Afterbirth Plan Workshop, which is an incredible program that prepares couples for what to expect after a baby is born and how prepare for that, you know, physically, emotionally, healthy, you know, just everything in that postpartum transition with the baby. Um, she is also, you know, a labor support doula. So she takes her combination of everything of her psychological background, plus her doula training and everything to empower partners to be able to work through everything. She really has so many skills that she really gives to the community and, you know, to women and everything where this is really needed. And I said to her, you know, I'm obviously uh, super pregnant right now being put over 36 weeks pregnant. And I thought, you know, this would be a great time to have her come on. We've been chatting about different ways to kind of coach me going from, you know, one baby to two. And especially in this time, not to talk too heavily about obviously what's going on in the world because we all feel like we all hear about it all the time, but to at least navigate this and have some help during COVID-19. So Dr. Alyssa Berlin, welcome back to my show. Ali, it's such a pleasure being here always. I feel like I could talk to you forever. So this is Aww, such a treat. thank you. Well, I just adore your family and, you know, um, you know, you and your husband and everything you guys do and, and the work and everything. And you guys always just like make me feel like, you know, like so good and like, you know, just lift me up no matter what, you know, is going on and, and the feeling is mutual. So, you know, I just thought, hey, like, it'd be so fun to have you back on and especially being so close to now having baby girl number two to kind of just, you know, talk about, you know, real life and have you also give us some tips and, and shares and everything. And uh, I think people could really use it right now, especially because so much is virtual right now and switch from being in person and all of that. So uh, I just want to like dive right in. So, um, why don't you um, tell us, obviously, for those that maybe didn't get to listen to my last episode, a little bit, you know, more into about you and then let's go right into uh, the afterbirth plan because I know, you know, you've worked really hard on that and that workshop and everything. And I would love for you to share that, especially with my mamas who are about to give birth that could really use this kind of advice. Yeah, and Ash, and Ali, it, it's such a, an interesting and exciting time because I just launched the online version on Tuesday of this week. Oh, so amazing. Like, okay, great. You'll have yeah. to give that to me to put in the show notes so that they can reference it and everything. Absolutely. And, you know, it's such a funny, like, kick in the pants because, you know, wanting it to be virtual and wanting it to be something that can be self-paced was like a dream of mine like five years ago and it just took the time to kind of get it just so to get it online having nothing to do with this pandemic and of course. lo and behold here we are and you know this is our new reality yes and it's so crazy and it's so wild because if we were having this conversation even six months ago i would have we would have been having a very different conversation because i would have been talking about how I think that all of these devices and electrical ways that we kind of connect with people 
are single-handedly ruining relationships and ruining attachment and attunement and the ability to really connect with others. And it's, you know, talk about like this topsy-turvy world where now it's gone from not being like this evil thing that's interfering, not evil, but you get what I, you I know. mean. Yeah. But to now becoming this lifeline of how Literally, do we mean like people yeah, totally. It's like everyone needs it. And it's like also too, I, you know, I was um, saying to my girlfriend the other day, like, it's, you know, I, I know they say social distancing, but in my mind, I'm like, no, it's really physical thing because we need that connection and we need, you know, like the FaceTime and, you know, and, and yeah. to see each other and the video and the text and the, this, so that they, we can feel connected because we as human beings like need connection. Right. And I really like the way that you switch that up from physical connection to, like you said, social distancing, because it's so true. And again, what made this whole pandemic period so hard is all of these different things that go against what we think and what we feel. Because when we think about protection, when we think about nurturing and safety and loving on someone, it's all about closeness. It's all about physical and, you know, holding them tight. Yeah. Right. If I'm worried about my baby, I hold them close. And now we, we entered into this like alternate bizarro universe where protection and safety means keeping you at arm's length. Like, yeah, what am so I? True. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so, so excited that, you know, as the case may be and things aligned that we were able to get the workshop, you know, to go virtual during this time period. Um, and more than anything, you know, it, it, it was, I have four kids. This was definitely my fifth kid and my brain baby. Um, you know, because when I was, when I had my first, which was almost 16 years ago now, there wasn't a lot out there to prepare couples for what that transition looked like. And it was very much that adage of there's no parenting manual. You got to just jump in and, you know, throw caution to the wind and hope you're okay. And I'm not a very betting person. And that never really sat very well with me of like, what? There's nothing like, no. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no handbook. There's nothing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> And especially in 2020, like, our, if, if there is what out there to do our research, do our homework, I'll be honest, getting people to invest in prevention, anything especially related to mental health, still gets kind of a little bit of a, like, a, you know, a, a recoiling of, I don't know, right. but we're making progress. And right. here's the thing, we now know that there's so much research out there. And if you spend enough time with, you know, women and couples that are pregnant or having babies, then what you start to recognize is the pitfalls of where people struggle are actually pretty predictable. Yeah. And with things that we can predict, we can align expectations and we can prepare and we can plan for how not to step in that, right? It's kind of like what Waze does, right? Waze will tell you, oh, something on the road, go around it, or this up yeah. ahead. Yeah. And and so we're kind of creating a ways version of yeah. navigating that, that. dream. Right. Totally. You don't have to step into it. That's one of my biggest things. That and you can have it all, right? I feel like so often we enter into this postpartum period and it's almost like we transfer and we kind of un- unknowingly or unwittingly let go of our partner relationship as we focus on baby. Now, our thoughts about going into that was never like, honey, I love you, partner, you're great. We had a good run. We had to have much time together. Let's put this on hold. And now I'm going to go over here. Right. We never want to sacrifice our partner relationship for our baby relationship. 
-hmm. We go into it wanting to have it all, wanting to still be close with our partner and bring baby number one or number two, as the case may be, right? Into that really yummy, cozy fold where we're expanding and embracing that love. But unfortunately, even though that's what we want, it's not what happens for majority of couples. Right. And so this workshop is really how to help couples recognize, again, you can have it all. You can have a loving relationship with your partner and still enjoy your baby and have this flourishing, awesome life together. And like anything else, we maybe need some tips and some tricks and some tools. And that's what I want to be able to offer people, how to have it all and how to be able to keep it all cozy. Right. Well, and it's like, for me, you know, like, I'm like, okay, so I think we've done a decent job of managing, you know, having Amelia. I mean, of course, we have our moments, of course, there's times where we really don't put into each other. And you know, that's, that's hard. Obviously, during this pandemic, it's really shown me how much my husband is, I always knew he was, but to really be in this space and be so pregnant and him just step up in every which way, shape and form and be so amazing with everything. It's like, just like, what makes me you know, like love him that much more, but it does make me nervous, of course, to go into having baby girl number two, because I'm so excited, of course, to bring her side as much as I'm like, oh my gosh, can't believe you're coming in a pandemic. But I am still, you know, looking at that blessing and, you know, that gift that, you know, is coming. And I'm very excited for us to be, you know, a family of four. At the same time, there is that like, oh my gosh, I already feel so stretched with just Amelia. You know, how is this now going to be with this baby girl coming in and Justin and everything else. So, you know, I think it is important and something to um, definitely think about whether you are going from being a, you know, a a non-parent to a parent or you're going into another child. That's right. And and here's, you know, here's why. I imagine, as you were saying, we already feel stretched so thin. You know, life with Amelia, I imagine, has felt very full and complete. It's not like there's this little hole or this little space that's empty and it's like, Ah, you know, a second baby girl would really fill that space and then we'll feel complete. And that space is just waiting for her. No, it's felt totally complete. It's like, you're right. And it's crazy because like, you know, of course we're excited and we love, you know, like we obviously feel my belly and like, we know she's coming and we love her. But like, I feel like because she's not obviously here yet physically, it's wild how attached we are obviously to Amelia being our first and all the experiences with her, you know, and we both will look at each other and be like, wow, it's so crazy to think it won't just be her soon. And like, it's going to be the four of us. And like, what's that going to be like? And we both have had those moments of like, wow, this is crazy. Wow. This is really happening. We wanted this, but this is surreal. Like, you know, and, and it's true. It's like when we look at our family dynamic and we look at our relationship, we're like, wow, we do feel complete with Amelia, but obviously at the same time, we want Amelia to have a sibling. We do want a bigger family, like, you know, all those things, but it is like kind of such a, it is like kind of such a mind fuck, like emotionally, because you are like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I am complete with you, but then like, we do want this. So there's been a lot of that in our own emotions and in our own, you know, relationship of having those conversations. And obviously, you know, she's due, you know, next month you know, in May. So it's like, well, she's coming, you know what I mean? Like as she's kicking right now, as we're talking, she's like, yeah, mom, I'm coming. <laughs> oh yeah. Make no mistake of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think surreal is the great word. And you know, all it means really is that we, we, get ready for like the little bit of like that pushing and that shoving and that, you know, that tweaking that has to happen as, as we do figure out that space for her and, and make no mistake of it as she takes that space that she needs yeah. and wants. <laughs> so 
No, but it is hard. And, and very honestly, I find that for a lot of women, after that initial adjustment of like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom, baby number two is one of the hardest things that we do. So much for dads or non-birthing partners. I feel like three kicks them in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, it's interesting in this pandemic period, that's going to change. Well, yeah, a little bit. But the reason for that is, is that typically speaking, baby number two, right? Most of the time, mom is going to find herself outnumbered for the first time, right? right. Usually dad's home, mom's off, often home also. So for baby number two, for dads, it's like, okay, we're evenly manned. We're okay. Right. Um, but that notion of being outnumbered or that notion of how do I multitask? Yeah. How do I take care of these two people that I love at the same time when sometimes I have competing needs? And I can tell you, I remember that moment, you know, when we had, when we had added our second and our, our first two were about 23 months apart. Right. So not so different. Yep. Um, and, you know, it was like, Dina needed to nurse and I'd go to my set nursing station because I had to be in my chair to nurse, right? Like, or, you know, yeah, it's crazy back then. Yeah. Right now, right? It's like yet, you kind of just nurse on the go. <laughs> you just nurse on the go. But then like Yosef needed to go to bed and wanted me to lay with him. And it was like literally like this boomerang of I'd lay with him for five minutes and then I'd go nurse her for five minutes. And you literally want to like rip yourself in half until that boink, right? And that, that idea comes out of like, oh, I can nurse you in his bed while laying with him. Right. And once that multitasking part of our brain kicks in, it becomes this whole new world of, oh, and figuring out how we can meet both kids' needs at the same time. But until we get there, because again, we have these very rigid ideas of what we did with baby number one and it worked. And we don't necessarily think about shifting it. Right. You know, and, and that's really hard. I definitely think that one of the things that is a savings grace when we add that second child is wearing that baby and, and wearing that baby creates this opportunity where my older child, right? Or Amelia can have your energy and your attention and your hands, but you're giving second little baby girl all the love and cozy and the nurturing that she needs just being there in your little pouch. Right. So true. And that becomes just like, Oh, right. I can give to both you at the same time. Yeah, that's actually a really good tip because I did wear Amelia quite a bit just because like I loved the baby wearing, but it's, that is very true when it comes to the actual survival and the actual splitting of time that like, especially when they're super little, I don't really need much other than like to be on you and to nurse and everything else. It's like, oh, you can kind of keep them there and then you can still tend to the one who really kind of needs you more you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, all of that, um, which is something I'm even experiencing with Amelia now, even not, you know, having her yet here yet is that Amelia, you know, is now two and is definitely exploring and, you know, figuring out her world. And she very much needs to check in with me and be like, you know, mama this, you know, mama that. And it's like, and being so pregnant, you know, it's hard. Like even she wants me to pick her up, I don't pick her up anymore. And like, that's broken my heart because I'm so big and I'm so pregnant, you know, and, and because also like back at 28 weeks in my checkup, my doctor was like, oh, you're starting to um, be all effaced and you're dilated and you're thinned out. So I need you to like 
slow down, you know? And so I took like a, you know, a mini bed rest. The pandemic kind of turned it into a major bed rest, um, but, you know, which is, I know, a blessing in disguise, but obviously not expected. And so it's hard because like, she'll like, mama, pick me up, you know? And I'll, I'll be like, okay, let me go sit down and I'll get on the couch, I'll get in the bed and then I'll let her come up on me. But like, I can't directly, you know, pick her up anymore. And it's hard, you know, like Justin goes to the crib. I'm so thankful that in that sense, the pandemic, he's home. So he picks her up and out of the crib every morning and every nap and to put her to bed. That's something that he never had that role. I was always doing that. And we, we switched in the last like month or so where now he is doing all those things. And you know what, you know, and you were even saying in the intro, right? Like, you know, we'll lean into the pandemic. We don't want to be too heavy because it's something that we're being bombarded with. Right. But maybe where we can even go with that is in this crazy time where there have been a lot of losses and challenges, you know, where we can maybe go is that there's also been a lot of value and beautiful and good that's come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even as we talk about, you know, segueing into baby number two, hopefully some of those multitasking struggles that, you know, a new mom would have when dad goes back to work or that non-birthing partner goes back to work is not going to be the case. Right. And the beautiful, like you said, of already having Justin around, and knowing that in those early days, it's not going to be like, can you, can you get a week of paternity leave? You know, how long do I have you before I lose you? Because right now, sure, we still have to balance work and other things. Sure. But you have him. And right. that is a lovely thing that a lot of couples are able to lean into and really appreciate. Yeah. And a great silver lining, right? Oh, so yeah, completely. I've been feeling that like every day when I write my gratitude journal and everything, I'm like, I, you know, I'm so thankful that because I am so exhausted and I had no idea how tired I was going to be at the end right now. She's so low. It's such a different pregnancy compared to Amelia. Like it's just so different. And I never expected any of that to have him home, to have him be able to, you know, help with so much and for me to be able to rest and for him to help with her and play with her and, you know, put her to to bed and all these things. Like I had no idea how much I was going to need all that, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, it'll be hard, but I'll figure it out. And I'm sure I would have if I had to, but, but the fact that I don't have to, and he's helping so much, it's just such a blessing. And also it it really is such a blessing and silver lining, like getting to spend the time that three of us, I think about like how fast she is going to come. And like you said, shake up our lives and take space and everything else. And it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be amazing. But the fact that we have that time right now to be the three of us and just be this like close knit little bunch and really have that bonding with Amelia, we wouldn't have had, you know, he, you know, Justin would have been gone on the weekends, you know, like he always is in the, in the mornings and afternoons to do his thing. I have my things like, you know, we would have had our routines. Like we would have been in that normal flow. And in that way, I am thankful that we've had this time together and we've gotten to really bond because this wouldn't have existed. And that's exactly it, right? And and so, you know, the more moments that we can find either those little blessings or those big blessings and lean into some of those gratitudes can really be so helpful in this time period where everything has been turned upside down, you know, and, and it's hard. And like, you'll see a lot of people talk about like, I'm quarantining wrong because people keep talking about how easy life has become or how slow life has become and they're not feeling it per se. And it's not that it's become easy, you know, it presents with different challenges and different struggles, right? Mm -hmm. And and we could definitely talk more about that. 
but it also has presented some potential for really soft and beautiful moments, like you said, because yeah, pre-pandemic, our pace of life couldn't be faster. Right. And, and it was we're not on wild the go. how fast things were and how quickly things slowed down and not only slowed down, but literally just came to a halt. Like, well, I said, it's like someone took us and just dropped us on like little house of the prairie. You know, it's like, we just went into like Laura Ingalls mode of like, that's it. Right? Do your own hair, do your own nails, churn your own butter. Oh my gosh, that was so real. I know. <laughs> I know. Right, but, but, right. And so, on one hand, it came to a screeching halt, right? On the other hand, it was this system of like every window open all the time, right? So now we're constantly thinking about work and family and partner and house. And, the, you know, whereas we were multitasking, perhaps, and going from one to the next, now it's like all systems go. And that's right. exhausting. Yeah. That is. That is very, that is, yeah, it's very exhausting. So it's different and it's weird, mm -hmm. you know, and it's balanced. And so what we always want to do is we want to create the space for the parts that are challenging. Harvard came out with this really wonderful article that we can link below. Yeah. Kind of talking about the grief, you know, that we're all feeling from that perspective of whether big or small, everyone experienced a loss of something. Yeah. A loss of your freedom really to go about your day. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like my daughter was due to have her bus mitzvah in May and my husband, you know, Elliot and oh. I were thinking about like, how are we going to make this special for her? You know, we'll, we'll do the party when the world figures itself out. Sure. But how are we going to mark this moment for her even now? So it feels special and wonderful. Right. So, and I mean, and as you know, I know, you know, you know, Elliot got COVID-19. So we've all experienced. Oh, well, you guys really experience. I mean, yeah. I mean, thank God he's on the other side and he's healthy and he's home and everything's good. But yeah, I mean, you guys really experience COVID-19, whereas a lot of us, of course, are reading about it and have fears about anxiety and everything else, but you guys actually lived it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I know there's a lot of curiosity and, you know, and he was so wonderful at putting out his story so that people who are curious and wondering what that looks like, you know, is out there. And we can link that in the show notes and everything so people can, of course, um, you know, listen to all that and, and everything for those that want to, you know, know more about it and everything. I know more about it, know how the hospitals are handling right. it. And thankfully, he had an incredible experience. But it's, again, this notion that we definitely want to acknowledge that we've all had struggles and loss, whatever shape or size they came, right. and creating this space to be able to acknowledge and support that. And, and I'm doing a lot of that in, you know, the therapy work that I'm doing, all virtual, of course, right now. Of course. But on the other side, it's also being able to lean into big or small the, the little or the big moments or pockets of happy or grateful or cozy or the blessings that have come out. And oftentimes that could be a savings grace of not feeling kind of, you know, completely overwhelmed or stuck under that tidal wave, mm -hmm. but being able to create a little bit more balance and a little bit more light and fun with it as well. Right. I can't remember the last time pre-pandemic that we were able to have family dinner, you know, every night of a week. Yeah. You know, like, wow, what a, what a gift. Yeah. So you true. Know? So right. small, small things like that. Right. It's true. I know. And I think, you know, it's like, I don't want to say the pandemic, you know, in, in, in itself blessing, but I do believe like you said, there are silver linings and there is a lot to be 
seen and found. And I do believe, you know, with the universe and spiritually and everything, like there really is something there that is trying to teach all of us. There really is some kind of growth and things. And obviously, as you know, growth is hard. It's something you teach like in so much of your psychology and in your workshops and everything, but it's like, it's a necessary thing we all have to go through. And I think maybe that's why collectively we're all also having such a hard time because we're all being pushed to grow right now. That's right. That's right. And again, oftentimes we like to choose our moments, right? Of course. We don't of course like yeah. Have anything imposed it's on us. Convenient for me. You're right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, and it's funny because I feel like the serenity prayer keeps coming up in my mind, you know, and yeah. oh my gosh, I've been so funny. You say that I've been referencing that in my head as well, especially with everything with my birth. Like you want to talk about how many times my birth plan has changed. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's just you know, it's just been crazy because, you know, it's just so much has been changing and it's just, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I won't have my husband. I have to wrap my brain around that. What's that going to look like at Cedars without a partner? Isn't that now? Thank God, between my petitioning and other petitions and other things that have been going on, yesterday, Cedars and other hospitals announced they are bringing partners back in. Thank yes. God, you know, um, for labor delivery and postpartum. And so I'm so thankful for that. But I still, don't have my daughter, but I was going to have that support, you know? And so it's like, now we're working on the virtual support from her and, you know, all these things. And it's like, it's just constantly like re-navigating, you know, everything that's going on. And I have to kind of reference that and other things in my mind so that I don't go crazy because, you know, it is obviously hormonal and emotional and everything else, but it is such a tough time to be pregnant. And I feel for all the moms who are pregnant right now, especially with like their first, I just can't even imagine it being your first pregnancy. At least I kind of have a little bit of an idea of what I'm going into, you know, being my second pregnancy. And it's just, it's just wild. Like when I sit there and think about it, I'm like, wow, I know they make the joke like you and so many others, you know, in the birth community, like, oh, your birth plan is, you know, bound to change and things change. And I'm like, but this is like, hey, by the way, we're going to shake shit up. Like this is not just, There's you know, a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and you know what? And, and, and it's not a joke, you know, it's so important. Yes. You know, and, and with that serenity prayer, you know, it's often even so, yeah. So you can say, focus on the things I can control, let go of the things I can't, which letting go is not necessarily our generation's strong suit, Definitely not but like almost <laughs> mine either. Right. But, and definitely the artistry in that though is how do I sometimes navigate or know what the difference is between them? And it is hard. And it just means that all those new mamas and new families need you and need us and need that support more than ever because it's such an uncharted place. Yeah. But here's the thing, and something that we can throw out there is that, you know, some of that is anxiety. Anxiety kind of tricks us into thinking, you know what, you've never had a baby before, or you've never had a baby during a pandemic before, and therefore you can't possibly have any tools to bring to the table. Right. And the reality is, is that's not true. Sure, the, the, the technical parts of that might be true, but the reality is, is that we've all had struggles in our lives and we've all had things that have stretched us physically or emotionally or cognitively. And what are things that have helped us in those moments? And those are things that we can carry into these new experiences and are tried and true and will likely help us here too. Right. And so for people to even take a step back and say, okay, you know, when were moments when maybe my partner and I weren't exactly in love and on the same page and having a little bit of trouble? What got us through that? What happened when I was in a place where physically I was feeling, you know, kind of pushed to a new limit? How did I navigate and balance that? 
and to lean into our powers, our superpowers, as I like to talk about them, um, and the strengths that we do bring to a situation, because we want to carry those forward here also. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Ali, yeah. I hate this. Please, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, it's, you know, I think it's empowering to hear that for myself and for other mamas who, you know, are pregnant um, that are listening, because I think that's one of the things right now is so many of us feel powerless because yeah. everything's been taken from us and whether it be partners, support, doulas, yeah. you know, our plans, our baby showers, our, you know, our, you know, our, our, our parties or all these things. And I understand that, you know, all that is not the biggest thing in the world in the grand scheme of what's going on. But to us, it's, you know, especially again, for some, it, it, it is so much a part of, what that all looks like, you know, yeah. and even when I canceled my baby sprinkle, you know, I was so upset and I had, I think like I was upset, but I told myself, you know what, you're so lucky and so blessed that you got to do such a good thing for your daughter, you know, Amelia and your first and this yeah. and that. And so you'll do something else with her and celebrate her in a different way, but it's still very disheartening. And I just feel for so many mamas I've spoken to in the community who are like, I just feel powerless. They keep changing my appointments. You know, I don't even yeah. know the sex of my baby. I mean, there's so many things. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't even know the sex of your baby. I mean, I panicked this week because they changed my 36 week appointment. Like I was planning on, you know, going in, you know, for a checkup and because they're staggering, like I don't have a checkup this week. And it's like bizarre to me because I haven't been in two weeks and I'm like, technically I'm in the home stretch. Technically I could go into labor. Like, you for know, sure. and, and it's, here's the it's thing, you know what? and it's all real. Right. And we don't ever, you know, we've never done well to berate or bully ourselves into perspective. Right. We've never done well to be like, oh, well, come on. And that's so shallow of you. And that's so materialistic. And it's not what's important. You know what? Importance is in the eyes of the beholder. So true. It doesn't mean that I don't have that bigger picture in mind. Right. And I feel like, you know, we'll see this a lot, for example, where it's like, oh, I really wanted a boy. I'm disappointed. Wait, wait, you're not allowed to be disappointed because at least the baby is healthy kind of thing. And it's like, well, yeah. well, well wait a second. Right. right? No right. one's losing sight of that bigger picture. Right. No one's saying that it's on that level of importance. Right. There is space to recognize that, you know what? I did lose something and I am bummed about it. Right. That's okay. Right. You know, that we don't need to bully ourselves into bigger perspective. And, and it's that kind of thing where I feel like Everyone deserves to have their moment. And when they're ready, they'll move through it. You know, I, I remember two years ago, first day of school, you know, doing the carpool pickup, not one of my finest moments, and I'm driving to go get my kiddos. Bam, hit into one of these poles that just are, you know, in the middle of the playground. <laughs> Loud, giant, crashing sound, entire school and administration out to watch my glory moment. And I had a friend come over to me, which was lovely to be like, are you Okay. And I, I was, and I'm like, yes, you know, and I was reeling and trying to process. And she looks at me and she's like, it's fine. You know, get over it. It's no big deal. Better this than something else. And I'm like, do you mind if I go in it before I go get over it? I'm like, just need a moment. I'll have that bigger perspective. I promise. But can I choose my timing of it? You right. Know? And give me that space to be like, hey, this feels big. This was mortifying. I have to now deal with the car. How am I going to get my kids home? All the things that were buzzing. Yeah. And of course I got over it. And of course right. I navigated what to do. But can I be the one to navigate that without someone imposing or even my own internal voice imposing like, this isn't a big deal. Just move over it. You know, get past it. Right. 
everything in the right time. And again, bullying ourselves has never been an effective way of making that happen. No, yet we all do it. <laughs> and yet we all do it. So you ready, moms? I'm giving everyone permission to be bummed about the things that they lost. Baby shower, baby sprinkles, parties, right? That, you know what? Let's be honest. It adds the fun and the spice to life. Of course. Or meeting, you know, meeting, you know, the baby. Like I said to, my, to Justin, I'm like, wow, everyone's going to meet her via FaceTime. How weird is that? Like when I think about Amelia, like they all flew out, you know, from the East Coast. The grandparents, you know, were all here. You know, everybody was together. Everybody came to the hospital. I mean, it's wild, you know, it really is. A it really is a different time right now. That's right. That's right. And, and again, I truly believe we will come out of it figuring out, like you said, different lessons, different aspects of meaning, but right now we're in it. Mm -hmm. And I encourage people to just meet themselves wherever they are, right? To mourn or be sad about the losses and the struggles. And then in the time frame that feels right to them, to also be able to embrace the blessings and the, the beautiful silver linings that thankfully are also presenting themselves. Um, and, and to create space for both. Listen, we're complex beings and this is how we're made. We're made with ups and downs and we want to enjoy those ups as much as we want to be able to ride those downs. That's life. Right, no, it's so true. And I, I realized that for myself, it's been a very emotional roller coaster. There's some days I feel very high and I'm like, again, very grateful for the silver lining and all these things. And then there's some days where I'm just so low and I'm like, I can't believe this is how, you know, this is all going to go for me when it comes to giving birth. I can't believe she's coming in the pandemic, you know, all these things. And it's like, oh my gosh, but then I have to bring myself back up. But it's true. You, you do have to kind of allow yourself to move through that emotional roller coaster because it's not realistic to just stay high. And it's not realistic in life to just stay high, but especially obviously right now, it's not realistic. That's right. And it's, again, it's not how we were created. Our nervous system, right? The best um, visual image of our nervous system is truly that up and down kind of waving kind of motion, right? From that perspective of that's how we were created. Something, you know, comes up, something, you know, is concerning. Our sympathetic nervous system kind of mobilizes our resources. What do we need to deal with? Whatever that crisis moment is, it passes. And our parasympathetic is a part of our body that brings us back down to a resting state. And life is a series of being able to move with that flow that is the natural way that we're hardwired, right. you know? And, and again, just going with that and recognizing, and here's the cool part about the body, whatever that discomfort, whatever that sensation that might be coming up, it's not gonna stay forever. But if you give your body that chance to be with it, to not try to push it aside or bully it away, but to just let it have the time and space that it needs, it will naturally dissipate on its own. It's how we're created. The problem is, is that our bodies move a lot slower than our heads. And so our heads may have wrapped their minds around what's going on, and we don't give our bodies a chance to catch up. So we store a lot of those physical sensations and the emotional energy with that. But if we can do a better job, and again, this is a practice, but if we could do a, a better job of leaning into those uncomfortable moments as they come up in our body, give it the time and space that it needs, your body is hardwired in such a way that it'll dissipate and move on. Mm, right? Yeah. 
And that's one of the hardest things, right? We don't like to sit still. We like to do. Yes. And we, and we definitely don't like to sit with our shit. Yeah. No, it's what, you know, we are as a society, we do a really good job of avoiding discomfort. Oh, I think I might be getting a headache on Thursday. I'll take a Tylenol right now. <laughs> or I'll, I'll, I'll lean into my oils or my aromatherapy kind of stuff. It's, it is, it's hard. Um, and yet there's so much value in it. And, and you know what, here's something that's so interesting because perhaps one of those lessons that this pandemic is teaching us is we kind of have no choice but to just sit still. Mm, so as much as we true. want to do and go, we've literally been sheltered at home of, sorry, just stay put. Yeah. So maybe it's a practice of helping us, you know, kind of align more with the natural rhythm of our body and giving us the time and space to be able to do that. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. So with like the after birth plan and this all going on right now, how would you say that kind of shifts things um, from where you normally kind of teaching couples, I guess, the regular transition into this? How does it shift now that like we are sheltered at home, but you're still, of course, wanting to keep the same principles to teach to us as parents and as families that are growing know two three four you know children like whatever it may be how how does that look now in in this time and and interestingly enough not very different and here's why so first of all when I think about relationships right I I liken relationships to walking up a down escalator so let's think about it put a, a little bit of energy you'll make some headway put in a little bit more energy you'll make more headway but the second you stop actively climbing that escalator that escalator is just going to naturally bring you down and back to, you know, ground level. And relationships are the same. Put in a little bit of energy, you'll have some closeness and connection. Put in more energy, you'll have a deeper level of closeness and connection. But the second we stop actively investing in that relationship, life and stress and the things that have to get done just naturally bring us down. And having a baby or babies speeds up that escalator requiring us to double the effort that we put into maintaining our partner relationship, or especially around that postpartum period. Now, the pandemic is interesting from the perspective of, I almost see it as like this giant battery of just energy waiting for us to tap into. And it's almost like it's intensifying whatever is. So for people who may have somewhat of a propensity towards depression, here's this battery just, you know, ready and accessible to intensify it. People who struggled with elements of, you know, anxiety, again, they're, they're noticing it getting, you know, that much more pronounced because there's all this energy just, you know, waiting to go with that. And, And I'm seeing that with couples also that couples who were doing well and can lean into some of their strength points, they're noticing a lot of that getting even better. Wow, we love each other even more, I didn't even know. Couples who had those areas of bumps and bruises are also finding that being more intense because now we're with each other 24 seven and we're not having that natural kind of flex and flow of our day-to-day life where we have time apart and we have time together and it never feels too concentrated in either direction. And so, that's really where the pandemic is coming into play as this battery just intensifying what is but the principles of what we need to do right really remain the same it's just we have kind of more examples or more experiences of either the good or the bad but the areas where we struggle haven't changed in this postpartum period even with the pandemic 
And again, being able to know what they are, for me, that's that bottom of the escalator, the, the different behaviors that pull us down. And how can we be aware of them so that we can address them and work you know, to, to mitigate them? And then the top part of that escalator is all of these wonderful things that help us to stay connected and come cozier or closer together. Perhaps the biggest difference now is utilizing our two new best friends that in my opinion come with every new baby, which is creativity and flexibility. So dating's so important, right? We don't want to give up that time together, but how can I be more creative and more flexible about what that looks like, especially if I don't have the same access to babysitters or you know, maybe I don't have, we, we obviously can't go out and do. You know, I could tell you a fan favorite in our house, and again, my kids are a little older, but Elliot and I will sometimes take the minivan, and I know that sounds super sexy, <laughs> and we'll go drive up to like Mulholland, right, or some really beautiful scene, and we'll take out an iPad, and we'll do our own little drive-in movie night. Oh, cute. Right? So it's not that we're not dating. Pandemic hasn't interfered with that ability. It just means that we're having to be more creative and more flexible about how to carve out that time. And, you know, we brought sandwiches and we brought a blanket and, you know, not being pregnant, we brought actual wine. Yeah. But here was our cozy little moment and mocktails work just as well. Right. <laughs> but in that way, it hasn't changed. Principles of relationship are the same. We just have a little bit more that we're being, that we have to be aware of or to balance. Um, and again, you know, doing the afterbirth plan, you know, online right now makes it super easy because you can cozy up on the couch. You don't need a babysitter. You don't have to go out. And, you know, the way I structured it is like these little modules. So it never feels overwhelming. And it goes with that attention span that we have that, let's be honest, is not that big. Right. So we have these like little nuggets or pockets. Yeah. Uh, and just so people know, you know, module one is completely open and it's absolutely free so that you can just kind of go in and get a feel for it and kind of get started down that road. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And so again, pandemic has changed, right? But hasn't at the same time. What are you thinking? You could borrow the minivan, Allie. It's all yours. I, know. I, was like, I was like, sounds fun to me. I love it. I think that's so, you know, I think that's really cute. And I love that it's something creative. And I love that you said, no matter what, no matter what, where we are in, in our world, when you have a baby, those two things still exist creativity and what was the other flexibility flexibility yeah hallmark of being a mama right yeah so true right yeah. yeah well and what would you say from like the after birth plan like with that being said what would be like I guess maybe your like top three tips right now into navigating either becoming a parent or adding a child to your family regardless of what's going on right now just in general like what would, would be the three things you would really want someone to take away from, you know, your plan and your workshop and what you really are trying to teach, you know, all of us as we go through this and transition and everything. Sure. You know what? So, and let's hit it a little bit on both sides, right? One mm -hmm. is to really be honest with ourselves mm -hmm. in terms of how or what's going on. Right. right. One of those pitfalls where a lot of couples struggle very often is this notion of being a team, but not really being a team. Yeah. Of kind of convincing ourselves that, of course, we're a team and we're 50 50 and you do five diapers and I do five diapers. And isn't this awesome? And kind of losing the sense that, hey, by the way, real teams don't keep score. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're keeping score as much as you want to call yourselves a team, it, you're not. 
you would never see in a baseball field or in a baseball game, you know, um, a guy who, you know, in the outfield catches a ball and that's great. And then that second ball comes to him and he has the capacity to catch it, but instead he lets it go to the floor. Why? Well, I got this one. So the next one was on you, right? Uh -uh. I mean, I'm not going to get the second one. Right. That guy would be lynched in the locker room. Yeah. Right? right. He has a super wedgie coming his way because a team is every time that ball that ball comes to me, I go after it. I have a free hand. I do. I'm not keeping score, and I'm not doing a tit for tat. And incidentally, you know, when we think about fair in relationships, fair doesn't mean the same. Fair is not synonymous with equal, right? Um, right. If I have one child who has an ear infection. And let's say they need, you know, eardrops. I'm not going to line up all four kids and say, okay, guys, everyone's got to get eardrops. Got to keep it the same. Otherwise, it's not fair. But that yeah. fair is very much about everyone gets what they need. So it's not keeping score. Maybe, maybe you don't like changing diapers and I don't mind pitching in there. Great. That's fair. Because I really don't like dealing with mealtime and you're so happy to cook. Right. So it doesn't have to be the same but everyone gets what they need. And again, true teams don't keep score. I love that. That's a really important sentiment to that teams don't. It's true. You don't keep score. And it's like same with even your friendships and everything. Like you do yeah. things for someone and they do something, but you don't sit there and go, oh, I did this for you. So now I expect this, or you at least shouldn't. Because if it's a real, like you said, a real team and a real two-way street, then it just kind of is ebb and flow as it goes. That's right. That's right. So that's something that's really important. Another thing I'll talk a lot about is um, really being mindful and conscious and again, aware of each other, not getting stuck in that baby vortex. As cute and cuddly and sweet smelling those sweet little babies are, <laughs> you know, we want to make sure that we're not losing that hierarchy in the relationship where, you know, partners come first. And I'm okay with those babies, those lovely, yummy, cozy babies coming as a close second right underneath. Right? No one says they have to be you know, on the 10th you know, tier, but we want to keep mom and dad intact. And so for me, when we talk about kind of what it means you know, self-care and nurturing, it's making sure that we're, we're taking care of you know, our birthing partner, our mamas, making sure we're taking care of our non-birthing partners, making sure that we're taking care of the couple. And to me, that's a big implicit part of self-care and, and helping couples realize and understand that when we do spend that time invested in the couple, right? not something we're doing to our kids. It's something we are very much doing for our kids. Mm. And that's okay. important. And I'll tell you, you know, my kiddos are now entering kind of those teenage years and my 13 year old in particular still protests. Why do you guys have to go out on a date? Why are you guys going away for the weekend? Which honestly, we do not do that often, <laughs> but there's still that sense of like, oh my gosh. But you know what? Underlying that deep down, there's this comfort of my parents love each other. I'm safe. And as she's starting to see more and more friends have parents who are divorcing, yeah. it's something that she's not worried about. Right. 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 So it's not yeah. something we do to our kids. We do for our kids and create such a foundation of safety. Mm. So that's so true. That is that, that that's a really good way to look at it. A foundation of safety for the kid, not just of course for marriage, of course too, but the fact that they're seeing like I remember that growing up with my parents. They were always huge 
on date nights and they always, you know, would let us know like, Hey, you know, this Friday night we're going to go out and you're going to be home with the sitter and you know, you're going to have fun, have your little date and have your time. And mom and I are going to go out and we're going to have dinner. We'll be back later tonight after you guys go to bed, you know, and, and I didn't really fully understand it until as I did get older and I would experience so many friends of mine who would say, you know, that their parents were struggling or, you know, things weren't on the up and up and this and that. And I would realize like, wow, my parents spent so much time putting into their relationship and into the time together and how important that is not just for the marriage and for each person, but like you just said, for the safety of like the family and everything. Absolutely. And Allie, maybe you could talk to this daughter of mine because she keeps hexing us. We actually tried to go away that weekend when, you know, everything kicks up with the pandemic. So we went away Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then that Friday, you know, schools were starting to close down and we looked at each other and we said, we should go home. Right. But we're like, stop cursing our getaways, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, and it is, it's that kind of thing where it gives us permission if we make it about the couple, it just becomes a harder internal sell because there's this like collective unconscious in society that says it's okay to do for kids or for our family. It's not as quote unquote, okay to do it for yourselves or your relationship. And so I'm a little bit like whatever gets, whatever hooks you in and gives you that permission is great. Use it, write it. And maybe with time we can even, help you lean into that, you know what, even if you are focused on just the relationship, quote unquote, that is a beautiful um, reason why, and a beautiful reason why, and a beautiful thing that we're modeling for our kids. Right. Not one of us would want our kids to grow up and say, I'm not allowed to take care of myself or do anything for me. I'm not allowed to prioritize my relationship with my partner. I need to always be self-sacrificing and giving. And it's important that if that's a message we want to give them, we can say it until we're blue in the face. It won't penetrate because kids do what they see us do and they model that behavior. Mm, So true. They do. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think those are great. I think those are great takeaways from, you know, your workshop and also just to really think about um, as becoming parents or, you know, further adding to your family. It's like, those are all, so true. And I think normal struggles that we all go through in making time and being so fast and multitask normally as a society and everything that we just keep moving and we don't necessarily check back in and realize like, oh, you know, I need to be there and the time my partner and I or oh, I need to show my children that, you know, even in the busyness that we are taking that space and we are pausing and allowing ourselves all of that. So I think those are great tips. Awesome. And right now, Ali, my, my entire mind, body, soul are so focused on you as the sweet little girl is getting ready to come. Thank and you. anything that you need or want for Elliot and I to be able to support you and help to usher this sweet little girl into the world in these very wonky times, you know, we're here for you. And I know you guys are wonderful. And I, I so, you know, I so appreciate that. And it's like, you know, it's, I, I was, it's, I was thinking last night in bed when I was meditating, like, you know, like, what is it that I need right now? And it's like, I, you know, I really, it's just, it's just, I think, again, the empowerment and the emotional support and the, you know, the mental support, because it is such a crazy time. And there is so many 
you know, unknowns and so many variables and all these things. It's like, I have to keep going back to my safe space of being like, everything's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to, you know, it may not look like what I thought it was going to look like, but like, it's still going to be okay. And, um, and I am going to still find empowerment. My V back is going to happen regardless of anything going on in this world, you know, and all these things. And it's like, I think all of that is where I kind of get shaken up, you know? And, And so again, we can absolutely lean into that and do some work around that. Right. And, and being able to, like you said, process what was, so it's not something that you carry into this new experience. Right. Well, and I think that that's a really good tip for everyone is like, you know, however you find that help and that support, it is processing. Like, like you said, that there is a loss in this time, whatever it may be, whether it be a plan change, a party change, an actual loss, like all these things that were allowed to feel and experience those losses as real losses. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's it. Everything in the right time and in the right space and with a whole lot of grace along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of grace. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of grace. So, so true on that. Um, Is there anything else that you'd want to share with us that you feel like is really, you know, um, important for people to hear at this time or anything, you know, especially for, um, you know, pregnant mamas, anything, you know, any, I mean, you've given us so many gems, but is there anything else that you, that you would want to share, you know, with my, with my community? You know, if, if ever there was something that I would want to kind of, like you said, end off of, end off or, or leave with is this notion of be patient, be kind to yourself. You know, I feel like, you know, again, another of those things that we can take out of this pandemic is feeling like for the most part, this is truly a time and a space where everyone is doing the best that they can Yeah. to create that space where you can feel good about I'm doing the best that I can. Right. Right. That's kind of, yeah, right. I am right. We're all doing the best that we can. That's kind of like the best way to look at it and the best way to say that's all you can do. Right. Like, it's like, there's nothing, like you said earlier, there's some people who are handling it better. There's some people who aren't handling it well at all. And it's like, we're all just doing the best that we can because we've all never been in this position before. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Allie. You're so amazing. And talk oh, about so are you. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing so much, you know, like with myself and my community and always to you and Elliot being like such a blessing. I feel so grateful to have you guys, you know, not only part of my community, but in my life and have those relationships. I mean, you guys are just wonderful. I love all the work that you're doing. Of course, it'll all be in the show notes, but why don't you tell us where we can find you? We sure. can, you know, check out everything you and I kind of discussed and all of that. Absolutely. And you can find me at um, www.theafterbirthplan.com or come check me out on Instagram at, you know, dralissadberlin.com and and anything, anything that anyone's needing, whether it's actual, you know, sessions or you have a question, like just feel free to reach out. Again, if ever there was a time that we are in this together, this is it. And so using our resources, relying on our village, like we're here to support each other. Yeah, so true. We're all, I keep telling people, we're all in this together. And it's like, it's, it's something we're all managing. It's something we're all going through. And definitely, if you are listening to this 
reach out to Dr. Ilse Berlin. You know, she is amazing and so kind and just really does listen to you and allows you to process, you know, your feelings and everything else. So, you know, even if you're curious, you're not sure you need it or whatever, if you have any feeling, you know, of anything with, you know, psychologically, even if you're not, you know, you're not a mom, you know, yet, and you're listening, you know, when you just need support, you know, this family has done such a great job of making sure they are there to support these communities and the families and all that. So I just want to say, you know, really take this time to reach out, especially because they do offer so much of that virtual support. And I think that that's so important right now for all of us to know that we do have that. And if we need it, we can reach out for it. Thanks, Allie. And you and I are going to continue talking offline. But yeah, definitely. Thank you so much to everyone. And until next time, guys, cheers. Bye.